Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I am just, I'm so tickled. (laughs) I'm just so happy to be here talking about what we're about to talk about. So this sucker is called Don't Deny Your Darkness. Don't Deny Your Darkness. And as usual, I'm going to kick it off with a little story. Uh, You know, I have a friend who often says to me, how do you come up with these things that you talk about each week? She's like, what's your inspiration? And I get inspired by a lot of different things. Um, but, uh, this one is something I've been thinking about for a while. So, um, and I jotted down, right. I'll show you. So those of you who can see, who watch the show, you'll see, I have this thing of, of, um, a bunch of papers with notes on them. And so what I do is as I'm cruising around throughout my day, or I'm up in my office writing or I'm doing whatever I'm working with clients or doing stuff for the nest, all of a sudden I'll get an idea. And I jot that sucker down and I'm like, I got to talk about that later. Because in the past, if you listen to the show, you'll hear me say things like, I got to do a whole show on that. And then I'm like, uh, I'm in so in the moment. And if I don't write it down, sometimes I'll forget. And so I had written down, I had scratched a little note to myself. Uh, it's in my trash can, but uh, I wrote, I just wrote down, don't deny your darkness. Uh, so this is something that's just been kind of like floating around and I want to address it for a lot of different mind, a lot of different reasons. Um, so first I'm going to start with, uh, I'm going to read a little parable to you. Um, so this is not my parable. Um, it is something that's been around for a wicked long time and I'll never forget the first time that I actually heard this story. So I'll, I'll hold it up. You can see a little picture. There's this, um, for those of you who are listening, it's a picture that is uh, of a, uh, it's a beautiful picture actually, but it's of an empty little boat, a little rowboat and it's empty and it's out in the middle of this body of water. Okay. That's the setup. Uh, so let me read to you the parable called uh, the Ang- anger and an empty boat. Um, a monk decides to meditate alone away from his monastery. He takes his boat out into the middle of the lake moors it there, closes his eyes, and begins his meditation. After a few hours of undisturbed silence, he suddenly feels the bump of another boat colliding with his own. With his eyes still closed, he senses his anger rising, and by the time he opens his eyes, he's ready to scream at the boatman who dared disturb his meditation. But when he opens his eyes, he sees that it's an empty boat that had probably become untethered and just floated out into the middle of the lake. And at that moment, the monk achieves self-realization. He understands that the anger is within himself. It merely needs the bump of an external object to provoke it out of him. 
from then on, whenever he comes across someone who irritates him or provokes him with anger or provokes him to anger, he reminds himself the other person is merely an empty boat. The anger is within me. The anger is within me. And when I read this the first time, I thought, oh my God, this is totally true. <laughs> because in my own experience, right, there was a period of time in my life where I, I owned um, a, a beautiful little, I mean, it was, I should I say it was beautiful to me, but it was just like this little cottage, this little lake cottage. It was on a lake. I owned it. I lived there for six years. It was like 937 or 73 square feet. It was little. And I lived there with Abby, my beloved Border Collie, and my 28-pound uh, cat, <laughs> Quest. And uh, Quest was, oh my God. So Abby and Quest were like my life. I just friggin' love them so much, and I still do. But that's not, neither here nor there. So here's the whole thing. So I lived in this place um, uh, off and on uh, alone, most of the time alone. And I was a very independent person, right? Not only like, you know, kids who often grow up uh, trauma with trauma, we tend to become, not all of us, but a lot of us, you know, tend to become uh, really um, almost, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, I don't want to say catastrophically independent, but we become independent to a fault sometimes. And then we start to suck at asking for help. And then if you, if you, if you tie that in with, with the other affliction that I had, which is impatience. <laughs> So sometimes it would be something that needed to be done. Uh, just think about the kind of people who, uh, and you can relate, double A men hands me if you can relate to this, like you'll come home with um, like a shit ton of groceries and rather than making multiple trips, you're like, no, I'm just gonna fucking do it all at once. And so you load up your arms, it'll like be cutting into your skin, like cutting into your arm, like cutting off the circulation. You don't care. You're like, I'm doing it all in one trip, right? So I kind of had, um, uh, one, I lived alone. Uh, if I wasn't patented at the time, right? It's like, who's going to help me? So I would have these projects from time to time where I needed to fix things or do things. And I would try to do them by myself because I didn't feel like waiting or asking for my neighbor, Ron, to like help me or whatever it was. So one day I'm like in my office and I'm trying to move this massive desk. And in order to like move it, I, I tried to move it. And then it's like, I not that I broke it, but I kind of jimmied the thing. And I was like, oh, I got to hammer this thing. And I'm doing this whole thing. And I end up hurting myself. Like, imagine me, like, you know, when you sit at a desk, it's like, usually it has two sides or in my case right now, it has like two filing cabinets and then the desktop like sits on top. It was like one of those kind of deals. Right. And uh, so the space where your legs would go like under the desk, I, this picture this, you guys, I'm on all fours. <laughs> Right. So I've crammed myself under the desk and I need to lift it up in order to be able to move one of the other things. So I'm under the desks, like on all fours, but I've got the desk on my back and I'm basically like pushing into the floor and lifting up the desk with my back while I'm trying to move it with like my hand. Like it was the most ludicrous thing. And I ended up hurting myself. Right. I don't know if it was the hammer. I don't know if I was hammering something, but I did some damage to myself. I got so pissed. Like, you know, when you like stub your toe or you hit something, like I just like lost it. So after I read that story, right, about uh, the, the, the modern day parable of, of uh, anger in an empty boat, I realized like, oh yeah, there was nobody else in that room 
to make me angry, to piss me off, to do anything to me. It was me with me with me with me. <laughs> All the different parts of me were in that room, right? Think about it. The little traumatized kid who doesn't like to ask for help because didn't think that their needs mattered or like whatever. The, the other traumatized kid who just feels like, fuck it, I'll do it myself because I'm too impatient and I want it done. Uh, the part of me that um, maybe felt bad for myself because I didn't have anybody to help me, right? Just imagine like all the various parts of me were in that room and one of them was pissed off, <laughs> right? So I just remember like hocking the hammer and like screw like, like not screaming, like screaming, like you're scared, but roaring, like roaring, like I was pissed. And I think I was like, oh my God, I think I scared Abby. <laughs> but here's the thing. Afterwards, I realized, oh, this is just me with me. That's all coming from inside of me. It's already there. The anger was already there under the surface. And why this was such a powerful realization is it reminded me of something else. So first of all, I, in that moment, I had to laugh because here I was getting pissed at an inanimate object, right? Whether I was pissed at the desk or I was pissed at the hammer. Uh, but really, I, I'm like, I'm getting pissed at an inanimate object that just quote unquote hurt me. But I'm like, uh, who's trying to lift up the desk and who's got the hammer? Me. That's right, KK, you. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. But then it also reminded me of something that an old friend once said to me, my old friend, Jeff, um, who is a, a brilliant act, actor. He lives in uh, Los Angeles area. Um, and so I, I've known Jeff for like a wicked, wicked, wicked long time. And, uh, you know, we've often said this thing about each other where sometimes we could see the other person before they could see themselves. And so he said something to me about me one time. And I remember at the time that it pissed me off. <laughs> this is a big, you see the theme here? Um, because I didn't quite understand it. But now looking back, I'm like, oh my God, right? Of course. Like, I mean, I realized much sooner than this podcast episode that he was right. And one of the things that he had said to me one time is, he's like, you got to understand, you're not just one thing. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you're not just good. Because one of the conflicts that I had when I started practicing yoga and then later became a, a, a yoga teacher, right? is so much of yoga was about like this, um, obviously a spiritual practice. So moving beyond the asanas, moving beyond the postures, we're talking about the real true deeper experiences of yoga, um, right? The yamas and niyamas and, and the yoga sutras and like all the, uh, the thousands of different things that come with yoga. And so, so much of yoga was like this eradication of like, so becoming more deeply aware of myself um, but also like feeling this pressure, self-imposed self PS, by the way, uh, in the very beginning, the self-imposed pressure that like I had to be good. And that story started way before yoga. Yoga just gave me a chance to kind of amplify it and show it to me. This belief that I had to be good, which was always in conflict with the writer in me, the truth teller in me, the storyteller in me, the me that wanted to report, right? To, to kind of report, this is what happened. This is what's going on. And so there was always this war, like this conflict going on within me because my desire to be good would often feel bad <laughs> when I would be like, but I'm writing this story about this and they may not like it. 
or it feels like I want to make sure that I'm not being unkind. I wasn't being unkind and I'm not even in my memoir. There's still those questions, right? Like I have no desire for like revenge or trying to make somebody feel bad or calling somebody out like for being a, a shit. You know what I mean? It's like, no, I'm just telling the stories. I'm just telling the truth. So this conflict would often arise like, well, is it kind? Is it nice to do that? Right? Because I wanted to be good. And the reason why we want to be good, and I'll, I'll, I'll come back to, well, first of all, let me tell you what Jeff said. And then I'll, I'll circle back to that other point. And one of the things he said to me is he's like, you're not just good. He's like, you're also bad. And I just remember being like, pff, 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 what, pff, what do you mean I'm bad? Cause like, I just could like, la, 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 like, you know, the monkeys, like eyes, ears, but like, I don't want, I didn't want to hear it. And he, he went on to say like, you are also, he goes, you are also darkness and you are light. He's like, you're a truth teller and you're a liar. And he says, you are the, you are the, so just bear with me. I'm going to go down the list, right? He's like, you are like the Virgin Mary and you are the whore. And he was just kind of going, don't, don't, don't worry about that last one. Right. But all of, all of these different things he was trying to say to me is like, you contain multitudes. And I realized why I was resisting him saying that I was also darkness why I was trying to deny it, like, don't say that to me, is because somewhere deep in my brain, the survival mechanisms that I had created, part of what, you know, had people keep me around is if I was easy, meaning I made, I was self-sufficient, so I made it easier for them because I was good. I became a people pleaser. I became a contortionist, right? I surfed disallayed myself. I could be a chameleon. I would do whatever I'd have to do to be something other than bad, right? Because we don't want to be labeled as quote unquote bad because to not be good, I felt like I would be unlovable if I wasn't quote unquote good. So we do ourselves a disservice because what we end up doing is we end up denying parts of ourselves. We end up saying, oh, the darkness isn't in me, it, right? It, it's the desk's fault, <laughs> right? It's insane thinking. But we have this fear so often that we have to be perfect. We have to be performing all the time. We have to be quote unquote hustling or being busy, proving our worth, making sure we're good, making sure that we're, you know, creating value and we're always doing stuff. You know, I just sent out a, um, an email, a newsletter to my list. If you're not on my email newsletter list, you guys come join us. I, I write some fun stuff and share some good personal stories and things you might not get here on the podcast, right? So uh, you can just go to karenkenny.com slash, um, I think it's just sign up. Or if you want the freebie on spiritual teams, it's just karenkenny.com slash uh, freebie. But just get on the list because you find out some secret squirrel things. Um, by doing that. But I just did a, um, a story the other day about called uh, for the fun of it. And just talking about how like as adults, we don't just do things for the fun of it, right? So often, uh, not saying everybody, but a lot of people take ourselves way too seriously, because we're always in production mode, I must produce and earn to earn my worth, right? So this whole concept of like, um, you know, if I wasn't good, then I wasn't lovable. 
But the reality of it is, is that none of us are good, quote unquote, good, whatever that means, right? 100% of the times. I know in my lifetime that there have been times when I have been anything but good. I have been wicked fucking selfish. I have maybe been a little self-centered. I've been a little, no, not a little. I've been uh, wicked uh, impatient, uh, maybe a little um, withholding, uh, maybe a little unkind sometimes. That one, That one's not on purpose probably. I don't like to be cruel or unkind, but I'm not saying there were definitely times somewhere in my life where my choices were hurting somebody else, right? So when we stop denying that, when we stop trying to be quote unquote, perfect, good, spiritual, lovable, like all the different labels, and we allow all parts of ourselves to be present. Because what ends up happening is we start to say, okay, this part of you is not welcome here. That part of you is not welcome here. And we want to deny, 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 deny. Hold on, I got to take a big sip of my drink here. So we want to deny the fact that we aren't uh, all um, goody two-shoes <laughs> all the time. And so many, many years ago, I found this fascinating. Uh, so I kind of think I read these books in reverse. <laughs> I'm not sure. But so there was a book eventually that I read that kind of talked about this. And it was, it's called The Dark Side of the Light Chases by Debbie Ford. And if you've never read this book, get your hands on a copy of that, especially if you're somebody who, who likes to think of themselves as spiritual, <laughs> which everybody kind of does nowadays, right? But we are all spiritual. We are all spiritual. We are spirit having this human experience. So we are all spiritual. But we think spiritual looks like a very particular way. And what ends up happening is in this desire to come across, to appear, to be seen a particular way, we end up abandoning these other parts of ourselves. And if you've ever listened to me mention or talk about uh, Vicky with two Ks from Lawrence, who I, I will say is like, sometimes my, I'll say, oh, that's my shadow self, or that's like a sub-personality of mine, right? So Vicky with two Ks from Lawrence, as I call her, is kind of that uh, younger version of me who was wicked tough, had an attitude, was going to tell you it like this, didn't take shit from people, like all that stuff, right? Just think like, just think like attitude, attitude, attitude. <laughs> so once in a while, I still let her have a job. I always say I give Vicky with two Ks a job. So I let her handle certain things, but I started to become aware that I had these pots within me. And then when I read Debbie's book, right, The Dark Side of the Light Chases, I was like, oh, this kind of makes sense. She's talking about this thing about not, not uh, like welcoming different parts of yourself and how you can kind of negotiate those things. And I'm not going to do a whole thing on parts and like all that, but I just want to invite you into being curious and knowing this about yourself. So one of the things that I often do with my clients when I'm working one-to-one, -one, I'll say, let's name, let's name your shadow self. And it's just one of the many parts, right? But I'll say, let's name your, this shadow self. Let's give it a name. And it's so fun because once we start to realize that we're more than just the light, we, yes, we are the light of the world. Who we are in our true essence, God-given, God-made, whatever you want to say, who we are 
is already perfect. You're one of God's kids. You're the light of the world. You are the, all the love that is. You're an extension of it all, of the divine. It's amazing. But our ego personalities often could use some help. Our ego personalities could use a little work. You know what I'm saying? I always say, this is like the work that I do sometimes I'll say, it is spiritual reclamation and personality, ego personality rehab, right? And so that's what we're kind of doing. I'm like, yeah, the ego, my ego needs to go to rehab, you know? So um, what I later learned was I found this book and I thought it was so interesting because I was doing a retreat one time, one of my fearless flow retreats in person. So this was a couple of years ago and there was a therapist at the retreat. Um, and I started talking about Vicky with two K's from Lawrence and she said, oh, POTS. And I was like, POTS? And she's like, internal family systems. And I'm like, um, I'd heard that, but it wasn't until later, like I realized, like I, I found, I, I'm like, oh my God, that's the book, right? Internal, I had this book, it just said IFS. I got it at a used bookstore and I picked it up, but I had never read it. And I found it, I pulled it off my shelf. It's like old, there's a new version actually coming out um, in July. So by the time you hear this, this month, there's a new version coming out in 2021, which is so kismet. I can't even tell you about how I found out about that because this is how my spiritual team, you know, S-T-O-T-J, spiritual team on the job, that's how it works. But this is a book by uh, Dr. Richard Schwartz and he talks about the internal family systems, which is that all beings have pots. We have these various pots or what we can call sub-personalities. So we have like the critic, they're all the protectors. They are, I always think about them like this. Like I'll often say like, oh, well, Vicky with two Ks from Lawrence, my protector, who wants to protect everybody and everything. She wants to save all the animals. She wants to, she wants to get rid of all the bullies, all the people who are mean. She wants to be a voice for the voiceless, right? Um, she's very like protective, but she really came into being, I say, cause she's protecting the other part of me, which I refer to or call the little bunny. And the little bunny needed some protecting. And so when I started to realize like, oh, there are different aspects of myself and I'm coming at it from like the personal, the professional, the psychological, right? Um, when we start to realize like, oh, I have these different parts of myself. And if I can welcome them all to the party, if I could just for a minute know that all the pots are loved because they all came into being in order to try to help me. But what happens is they eventually start to become dysfunctional in our adult years. These younger versions, these younger uh, survival mechanisms, or let's call them tools to survive, right? Whatever you want to, whatever we did to try and keep ourselves safe and alive and able to deal with things. Sometimes later on, I sometimes call them shields, right? They sometimes later on, instead of just keeping the world out, right? Trying to protect us, they keep us trapped and locked inside. If you ever saw that, um, that great, you know, Calvin and Hobbes, the cartoon, there's a great cartoon of one of them where um, Calvin is outside and he's like, he's like building a snow fort or whatever. And he had made like a tunnel and he was like, you know, putting all the snow blocks up and he's like, I'm going to build the best fort there is. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, right? It's like, it's going to be impenetrable. Nobody's going to be able to get in. It's going to be amazing. And then all of a sudden he looks up and he realizes, well, he can't get out now. And he just yells, mom, <laughs> right? Because he's got himself, uh, he basically buried himself. And uh, that's what happens sometimes. 
with various parts of ourselves. And one of the things that Dr. Schwartz once said that I thought was fascinating, he's, you know, you, you know um, people who, now look, I am not a therapist, so take this for what it's worth, right? I'm, I'm recalling a memory of something he said, where he said people who have like um, con considered the mental illness of split personalities or multiple personalities, he's like, we all have multiple personalities, these sub-personalities. He's like, but in some people, the, um, the trauma that they experienced was so great that they fractured off from, from, from the self. So part of the work that I like to do is, you know, it, a lot of it has to do also with, um, you know, belonging and creating safe spaces where people can feel like they belong. And, um, and part of that is saying all parts of you are welcome here. Do not abandon yourself. Your spiritual team does not abandon parts of you and say, well, this part's welcome and that's not either. God doesn't, I don't believe that the God of my understanding does that either right? The, the whole self is welcome to the party, but we have to be aware that we do have these parts of ourselves and some of them are a little dark and some of them are a little shadowy. And instead of blaming it on other people, you made me react this way. You made me feel this way. You made me do this. It's like, nope, we have to have agency, autonomy, authority, right? And claim it and say, okay, that was me reacting out of one of these other parts of myself. So one of the things that I do that maybe, uh, first of all, I, I tell myself all parts of you are welcome here. So let's say um, the inner critic, right, is one of those parts and um, you do something. I'll just use myself for an example. That's usually the safest bet because um, I always say this is about me. I'm not saying this is true for anybody else, right? But let's say I do something or I make a mistake. And it could just be a little common mistake or whatever, or um, I forget, whatever, just whatever it is, just imagine a mistake, right? And all of a sudden I'll hear this roaring voice come up. And I know that this is not a voice that I was born with. This is a voice that got programmed in there somewhere uh, having to do with my childhood. So I'll make an innocent enough mistake. And all of a sudden, once in a while, I'll hear this voice go, you're so fucking stupid. And I'll be like, whoa what's that, <laughs> right? I'll be like, what's that about? Like, I'm allowed to make a mistake. I am not perfect, right? Even like doing this podcast, I often laugh about, you know, I'll say to people, you know, I'm going to continue to grow and evolve and get educated and learn things and let go of certain beliefs and da-da. But here I am just putting it out for the world and documenting it. Like you can go back over the last two seasons or whatever it is, last two years. And, and there are things that I might, might've said five episodes, 15, 25, 50 episodes ago that maybe now I no longer believe, or, um, I've learned enough and I got smarter. I became more learnable, right? <laughs> more teachable. And it's like, oh, so putting this stuff out there each week can be a little scary sometimes because you're like, oh man, am I going to look back on that and go like, ooh, that was not cool. I shouldn't have said that or done that. But um, I always say to you know my clients and the people in the nest, my spiritual membership and community, I say, yeah, don't put me up on a pedestal because people love to move you from the pedestal to the cross. They love to go, from, you know, they love to go from the exaltation to the to the crucifixion, and uh, I'm not interested in that. Uh, I am happy to be a helper. I'm happy to be doing my ministry, my mission, uh, and my, and my, you know, my work that I feel I have been, I have been called to do and divinely assigned. Uh, but I'm nobody's guru. We are our own guru. We have our own inner teacher. We have our own inner guru. And what I will do as an external teacher is I will keep reminding you of the internal teacher. And of course, help along the way as best I can. 
But one of the things that I'll often do um, when I'm working with people and when I'm working with myself and I recognize one of my pots is getting like agitated, I remind myself, hey, all pots are welcome here. We're not abandoning ourselves anymore. We're not doing that anymore, right? All parts of you belong here. They are part of the greater self, but let's find out what the fuck they want. That's what I always say. Like, all right, when I'm having a reaction to something, one of the first things that I always stop and ask myself, and I teach this and share this again with my, um, with my people in the nest and with the, the, my one-to-one clients, is I say, whenever you find yourself having a reaction that seems uh, a little blown out of proportion or extreme or, or really emotional or like really big, and I'm not talking about normal reactions like you get bad news that somebody you love died and you cry. I'm not saying that. But if you just find yourself just like, you know, seeing something, let's say on social media or whatever, and you just like go a political, whatever it is, and you like go like fucking lose your mind. I'm always like, stop and ask yourself a few of these questions. One of the things I always ask myself is how old are you right now? Because 52 year old you is not the one having this reaction. So I'll often try to like kind of go through my memory and go through my mind. So first of all, I often will start, I start in two places. I start in my body and I start in my mind. So I will ask myself this, how old are you right now? And oftentimes I'll be able to identify that something got triggered in me, call it a button getting pushed or a memory or a reaction or this trigger that is reminding me of some time probably in my life when I did not feel heard, recognized, safe, welcome, whatever the thing is, right? It could be a multitude of things. So first of all, I recognize like, how old am I right now? And then I'll, I'll ask myself, where do you feel this? Where in your body, like, do you feel this? Is your heart pounding? Is your throat tight? Are you clenching your gut? Are you clenching your fist? Do you feel like you want to just like curl up in a ball? Like what is happening physiologically, like in my body? And then I'll often ask this part of me that is having the reaction, right? Like, what do you need from me right now? And I'm talking about the adult me, the sane me, the part of me that is bearing witness to this tantrum, because that's what it really is, right? You know, we get a moment of spiritual amnesia when we forget ourselves. We forget that we're an extension of the divine, that we are the love and the light of the world. We get triggered. We get like, it's like basically we time travel. That's what I call, we like time travel back in time. We lose our mind. We take a detour into fear. Of course, the miracles will, would call it. And I'll say, okay, what do you need from me right now? Meaning adult me, stable me, spiritual mentor me, right? And then I'll often ask. So there's a variety of ways to ask this. So these questions might not be your questions, but just to give you something to work with, right? And then you might say, what do you need me to know? What do you want me to know? And then a final question is something like, you know, how can I help? Because I want to make sure that those other parts of me the dark pots, the shadowy pots that are hiding in the dark corners where their fucking dukes up, ready to knock somebody out, right? Just to come out swinging like a frightened animal in a corner. You know how you ever see a, a, a frightened animal get put in a corner? Good luck with that, right? So it's like bringing it out of the darkness into the light. So if we stop denying it, because if we deny that we have the darkness, you guys, we can't do anything about it. We can't help ourselves. You can't, you can't help something that you're pretending like doesn't exist. If you, if you want to solve a problem or heal something, we have to acknowledge it. In order to heal it, you got to feel it, right? We got to acknowledge it. 
So I just wanted to share this with you because I think so often we're so afraid to be seen in a particular way. We're so afraid to be not seen as good or helpful or valuable or adding like so much, especially if you're an entrepreneur. It is such, it is such a fucking racket. It, it is colossal mind fuckery, right? Like all the bullshit that comes along with like, especially like in the coaching world, right? Like all this, the, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm, I'm in it. I'm just saying, but I tend to be in the thing and then take a look around and I'm really clear about like, yeah, that's not for me. That's not for me. That's not for me. Oh, interesting. Right. So I'm always like keeping my eyes open to see what's happening around me. And this concept of like this thing of like having to be perfect. It's such bullshit. There's no such thing. It's like each time we learn or we fuck up or make a mistake or let somebody down or blow it, it's like, oh, learning opportunity. Because if we're not willing to accept that we make mistakes and that we're not perfect and that here's the important thing, guys, you can make mistakes and still be lovable. But so many of us were brought up under conditions, especially if you have parents that rewarded you for being good rewarded you for the good grades, rewarded you because you had a sick sibling and you practically raised yourself. So you made it easier for them. So you basically, what you did is you said, I had no needs. And that becomes a part of you who later then will be unwilling to ask for help, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So number one, all parts of you are welcome here. And if you got parts, if you've got paths that are turning, taking a turn for the worse, that they're not being helpful to you anymore, and maybe they're steering you towards destructive behaviors and choices and relationships, et cetera, we want to start talking to those paths and say, hey, what's going on? And whether you do that through therapy or journaling or AA meetings or Al-Anon or you get therapy or a spiritual mentor, like whatever you do, don't deny that it's going on. We tell a lot of lies. We're all liars in our own ways, or we have been, unless you're practicing, like, you know, if you've been, I've been reading, um, read this book here, Martha Beck, right? The Way of Integrity. She talks about like um, being fearlessly, basically uh, honest for like a year or something like that. It's a trip. Uh, and that's, that's a whole other episode, this thing about honesty. But if we're not honest with ourselves, right, we might try to pull the wool over other people's eyes. But we got to stop bullshitting ourselves because that's, th th we're not going to get anywhere. So if we, we just got to, we got to stop worrying about so much about how we're going to be seen and start taking like our own inventory and going like, oh yeah, I got some parts of me that could use some work. <laughs> So I'll wrap it up by telling you this. I was recently on a, um, a podcast. Uh, the episode just came out and it's by a wonderful, a wonderful, uh, she's a photographer, but she has this podcast because so much of her work behind the camera, behind the lens is to help women to, um, you know, be seen, to be truly seen and to, to feel beautiful. Um, and that's a whole other story for another day. But uh, her name is Lisa Arnold and um, Lisa Arnold Photography. And the podcast is literally called, How Do You Want to Be Seen? So at the end of every episode, she asked her guests this question. And she said to me, you know, how do you want to be seen? 
And if you want to, I give a long answer. So if you want to hear the whole answer, go, go check it out. But one of the things that I say at the end of that is that um, I've come to a place in my life, I'm old enough now, and perhaps, perhaps, I don't know, jury's still out, wise enough now that I recognize that I am a multifaceted person. And I say, I am multifaceted. I am like a kaleidoscope. You look at me through this lens, you turn me like what you turn me like a quarter of an inch this way. It's going to be like, oh, turn me a quarter of an inch this way. Oh, it's like I'm multifaceted. I'm not just one thing. You cannot put me in a box. You cannot label me. You can try, but you'd be missing out. You'd be missing the point. So what I was saying to her is I want to be seen. Here's the sh wicked short answer holy, like W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy. And I want to be seen holy, H-O-L-Y. And what I mean by that is I want people to be able to see the love that I am, the love that I've tried to give, the goodness, right? The light of the world that I am, that I'm one of God's kids. I want people to have seen the true essence and spirit of me. That's the holy, H-O-L-Y. I want people to see my efforts to be the love, to live it, to speak it, to try to share it, extend it, all of that. But I also want to be seen holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, multifaceted, not perfect, a flawed human being who made mistakes and da, da, da. And I was saying to my sweetie and, and it came up in a conversation with, with my sweetie and I said, um, look, when I die, <laughs> He always says to me, you always assume that you're going to die before me. <laughs> Hold on. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Let's just say that I do. I'm like, here's the deal. So he knows pretty much like, like what my last wishes are. But what I said to him is, um, if you're still alive and I die first, I want you to throw a potty. Of course. I'm like, be sad. Feel your feelings. You want to shed some tears over me, me being out of my body and but I'm like, I can be so much more helpful, P.S., on the other side, unencumbered by a body. But I'm like, everybody can feel their feelings. But then, potty, and I'm gonna, I said, I'll make you a playlist, play some good music. I want yummy, yummy vegan snacks. I want some yummy snacks there for everybody. I go, and I want you guys to tell stories about me. I said, but please, you must pinky swear. You must do me a favor. Do not try to canonize me. Don't make me into a saint. Tell all the stories. Tell the stories where I blew it. Tell the stories where I got it right. Tell the stories where I was generous. Tell the stories like one time she did it. Tell all the stories. Because while I was here, I was many things and there were many parts of me and I want to celebrate them all. Oh, that just got me emotional. I want to celebrate them all. Because some of them were born out of trauma and tragedy and loss and scarcity and fear. And some of them were born out of generosity and awareness and realizing, holy shit, I'm the light of the world and so are you and so are they. And forgiveness and, and for feeling like I've been called to do, to do incredible work, right? And to tell stories and to write books. So I'm all the things. I stopped denying my darkness because I started to love myself. And I want you guys to love yourselves too. To keep allowing ourselves to be open and receptive to love, to receive the compliments, to receive the goodness, the goodies that are trying to come our way. Because we can't just deny one part of ourselves without denying others. 
And if we try to just be one thing, like, look how good I am, look how good I am, look how good I am, so much comes from that too, because then we end up mattering ourselves and getting resentful. And you guys, it's a whole, there's so much we could talk about here, but that's it in a nutshell. Don't deny your darkness. All parts of you are welcome here. Couple of great resources, Dark Side of the Light Chases by Debbie Ford, Internal Family Systems by Dr. Richard Swartz. Be on the lookout for his, his new book on pots and subpersonalities and all that stuff and how you can work with them. And then remember to ask yourself these questions when you find yourself, right? Desperately trying not to appear like fill in the blank. Think of the things that like if you got called a liar or you got called cheap or you got called lazy, like just think of the words that would trigger you. And then you can literally just like trace their roots back. I guarantee you, if, you're, if your mind allows you, your subconscious mind allows you, or your memory allows you to go back to the root when those like brute fears, beliefs about yourself were like put into place. They became, they went from a, a one incident. It was like a, a life situation and we turned it into a fucking life sentence, right? And ask ourselves these things. When I'm getting triggered, how old are you right now? Like what age are you showing up as? What age, what younger version of you is getting upset, wants your attention, right? How old are you? Where do you feel this? Identify it in your body. Can you send love into your, to yourself? Um, also, like, what do you need? What do you want me to know? Is there something you want me to know? And sometimes it's like, this feels unfair. This isn't fair. That's not nice. Whatever. Just listen, create space. Okay. And then how can I help? And then be the adult that you needed when you were a kid. Be the sane adult, be the compassionate, kind, loving, reliable, dependable, consistent, right? Adult that you can be for yourself. And uh, to know that you are also holy and holy. To never forget this about yourself. So you guys, I hope this is helpful in some way. I hope what I shared from my heart somehow lands in your heart. That's what I always hope with these, uh, with these podcasts. And I'm also just going to remind you that these things that I talk about on the show, all these spiritual concepts, these spiritual stories, um, the, all of this stuff is what we do in the nest. When we work one-to-one, -one, right? I mean, all the tools in my toolkit that I have gathered over the years, everything from like A Course in Miracles to yoga to passage meditation to just being a kid from Lawrence in Boston to working with some of the greatest teachers in the world, right? All of it comes into it. And the one-to-one -one stuff, right, is more like individual and one-to-one. And then in the nest, in the spiritual community and stuff, that's more like group coaching. That's like more community-based. Uh, and that's why a lot of people who, you know, finish one-to-one -one end up going into the nest afterwards because they want to continue the experience. They want to continue integrating and implementing the deep dive work that we did in the individual level. But people don't have to work with me one-to-one -to, -one to, get, to get the goodies, right? You can come into the nest and the price for the nest is going up in September. I'm just going to keep saying it. I'm not doing this to hawk my wares or to whatever. I'm saying it because I never want people to miss out to get in at the more at the more affordable rate, right? The lower rate. So the price is going up in September. So if you want to be invited into the nest before that price goes up, get on the waiting list. Even if your curiosity has been piqued, if you feel called, please, for all things holy, for the love of all things holy moly. <laughs> you just go to karenkenny.com slash 
nest. And you'll see, you'll see, scroll down and say, join the waiting list. Get on the waiting list because you guys are going to get an exclusive invite. Uh, all the people on the waiting list are going to find out first uh, about how they can get in at the current rate, which is uh, pretty exciting. So you guys, I'd love to have you join us. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Uh, if you know somebody who could maybe uh, needs to hear this or they might find this beneficial to get in their ears, right? To, 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 put, to put some of these uh, concepts or whatever, uh, maybe into their own lives and you too into your own practice. Uh, that would be amazing. So share that sucker, right? Maybe you guys could have a conversation about it and talk about it. Um, almost like a podcast book club. <laughs> so, uh, I love you guys so much. I appreciate you so much. I have so much gratitude in my heart for all of my listeners. Uh, it means the world to me that you would spend some, some of your, your day, uh, with me. So wherever you go, as I always say, please leave the people, the place, the animals, and the environment better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. And let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>